Welcome everybody to the Bristol Youth Work podcast, brought to you as ever in partnership with Bristol Youth Ministry Network and Mullers Bristol. My name is Mike Wayne, I'm a Bristol-based youth worker, I'm part of the BYMN team, and today I'll be playing the role of your host. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two of series two of the Bristol Youth Work podcast. If you've missed any of the old episodes, episode one from this series with Joe Cook from Woody's, or all of series one, they're still available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most places you get your podcasts. So do go and listen to them, share them with your friends or colleagues or churches or whatever. The heart behind this podcast is to get to know the people involved with youth work in and around the city of Bristol, hear their stories and experiences, see what we've learned from our time working with young people and share any resources and bright ideas we might have. Massive thanks to everyone who came along to the last BYMN event. We have Ben Jones sharing around innovation, uh, how technology can play a part in our youth ministries and our youth work. That talking's recorded, is shared on the Bristol Youth Ministry Network website. So if you go to the resources area at bymn.org and you can see what Ben had to say if you missed it. There's also two upcoming events that might interest you from Bristol Youth Ministry Network. The first of which is a new thing we're trying on Tuesday, the 23rd of March. We're doing 45 minute coffee, catch up and connect. Uh, feedback we've had says that people really enjoyed at the events, uh, spending time chatting with other youth workers, getting to know them, just hanging out and catching up. So we're facilitating a space for that. Uh, 10.45 to 11.30 on Tuesday, 23rd of March. If you can just book on our website, bymn.org. It's on the front page and let us know you're coming. We'd love to see you there. After that, on Thursday, the 22nd of April, we have Dr. Phoebe Hill from Youthscape come to join us for our masterclass. One hour direct input. Phoebe is the head of theology at Youthscape and she'll be talking about the role theology plays in our youth ministry and our youth work. So that's 10 to 11 a.m. Thursday the 22nd of April online. Both of those are on Zoom. Sign up on a website and we'd love to see you there. But now today's guest is the wonderful Bex Bailey who works for Urban Pursuit in Bristol. Uh, Bex and I had a great chat, lots of great stories. So let's jump straight into it. Enjoy. Bex, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Nice are, to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Out of the house, so I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, no, it feels very strange at the moment. Like you're seeing a lot of people virtually and then the novelty of like getting in my car to drive somewhere feels <laughs> very yeah. exciting. And you're a particularly social person normally anyway, so yeah. I feel like this lockdown would have hit you quite hard. I'm, a, I'm definitely on the end of extra at the scale married to someone who is like complete other end introvert <laughs> loving lockdown and wants lockdown to carry on forever so he never has to see anyone else <laughs> yeah I feel like I feel like I can empathize with Dan and yeah that. I, I've, I've enjoyed most of this lockdown and just being able to chill at home particularly at the moment and the rugby's on and I've got no yeah. excuse like not, I, I'm not gonna miss it now yeah this, uh... yeah no excuse to be like oh I must stay home to watch that rugby game yeah, yeah. so how is how are you doing generally what's your life looking like at the moment um it's sort of waves of like the usual busyness of like the usual pace of life and then um part followed at the moment so then you just have these days where there is there's no sort of expectation on your day and it is just switched on that mindset of that's fine that's fine to have a day that is just empty and you can just 
relax or like do what you want in that day but because it's sort of it's not evenly spread out throughout the week then it does feel quite strange and equally so some friends will also be part furloughed or whatever so it's it's um natural but because their days are different when you do come to your day that's off at the moment um and equally with nothing to do to leave the house for then it is very strange to like click into that mindset but yeah yeah, I have to say like I um as much as I massively miss seeing people I do feel okay and I think um hopefully there's lots to be excited for once we're out the other side of this yeah yeah you'd hope so uh, who knows what's going to how it's going to unfold? But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how is how is it being furloughed uh, and kind of having, to, as you say, having to switch on some days and others being completely mm. off? I mean, I know that days when I'm quieter, I like get feelings of guilt creeping. Like I should be doing more, but then yeah. there isn't more to be doing. And that's it. So even in work, we uh, as a as a team, we might not be furloughed on the same days. So my furlough days fit in in the middle of my week which are then the busier days within the team. So they'll be having hectic days in the office or out with the groups. And I've had sort of quieter days and it is that feeling of, you know, the balance between, but I'm not actually, like my work is not actually being missed. Mm. You know, that's all covered. Um, it's just telling yourself that you don't need to be busy to be like valued or stay in that position of... Um, you know, authority within work or all those different things, which busyness like accounts for so many of those um, feelings often. Um, so yeah, it's strange in the, in the work environment being part furloughed because previously in the year we've had like one team member fully furloughed whilst sure. others aren't. And then you get used to it because you, that person's work's just fully divided. Yeah. It's quite normal. Um but now we're in sort of a bit of a chop and change. And equally, at the moment, you know, we're still reasonably busy at work, but it's just, um, you know, uh, being sensible with people's time um, in the team. So it's, it is very strange. And it's, it's just weird to think a year ago that there would be some sort of arrangement where you'd be paid to not work for two days. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? It, just, it still kind of blows my mind that this furlough scheme happens um yeah. but I mean so many things a year ago like if we'd have had this conversation <laughs> we'd be like no <laughs> yeah yeah I think for me doing youth work was like as close to I can't believe I'm actually getting paid to do something that doesn't feel yeah. at all like work and then it's a whole other level now yeah you can, you can be paid to just stay at home and yeah. watch Netflix and totally I know <laughs> it's madness yeah and but have you been productive would you say when your time off you've been learning any skills investing in anything or Lockdown one, I definitely had that motivation. Uh, I think mainly fitness of like, I will come out of this either like feeling the same because my job is really active. Yeah. It's, it's most of my um, fitness, you know, of like commuting in and then being a busy day. Um, and I really wanted to keep that up. So I would, I'd put the bike on the stand in lockdown one and it was sunny and you do like your half an hour spin or whatever it was. And then, yeah, now we've kind of gone into the winter months. <laughs> my fitness regime has definitely gone out the window but um I think equally it's sort of a change in mindset now of it's a bit more usual that we have so much time on our hands this time around you know, in the mm. winter that I haven't sort of put put that on myself to be as um efficient with my time um but I'm doing a lot of reading 
um, which, I mean, before, I never really read many books, never cover to cover. Um, <laughs> like, that is a huge change for me this year. And we've joined a book club as well with the nice. family and friends. And that's the sort of motivation to... Um, really finish a book so then that's quite a different like downtime for me rather than it being yeah like you say a skill I'm really sort of cracking on with something this is quite um a different pace of like grabbing your book just sitting down and I still really want to finish you know the book and make sure I've got it done yeah but it's much more relaxing than the other sort of hobbies that you might pick up but I'm slow to the book game. I mean, other people have been loving books for years and I'm all of a sudden like, yes, now I've got loads of books. books. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any particular recommended reads? Um, so we've, we've done it pretty much since sort of that March time in lockdown. We created the book club. Um, and so then every three weeks we've done a book. I don't know how many that is altogether. My personal favourite of last year was Where the Cruel Dads Sing. Mm. that I'm by Delia Owens I know a lot of people have raved about it but it was great and then randomly you know within our book group we've got loads of different tastes but we've done a couple where we've gone back to like the classics where you feel like you should have read this book because it's what it's whatever and everyone's you know talked about it or read it at school and so one of them was Lord of the Flies nice that was just such a terrible book (laughs) (laughs) um and then another classic I can't remember and I sort of got me thinking like well how did they get their name like they are obviously just I don't know either put in like a syllabus and then it's (laughs) thought about loads and so yeah the classics I'm not that bothered about but more of the sort of like modern day um we do quite a lot of history and yeah yeah Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, book recommendations might be my thing in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I came out of school, I did A-level English Lit, nice. just to show off. Yeah. Got an A-star, whatever. No <laughs> yeah, no bragging. But I, um, I, I, mean, I didn't mind reading in school. I enjoyed like, the mm. Shakespeare element, and, like, particularly A-level, the, the syllabus are really interesting reads. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you could never quite get into them. So afterwards, for about four or five years... All I read, I read quite a lot, but all I read was like the classics. Cause I thought, yeah, I can't tell what's a good book anymore. Like the modern fiction yeah. or whatever is, it's not much to distinguish them until you read them. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, if I read Frankenstein, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. And people over hundreds of years have thought this is really good. So yeah, it's got to be something. To That's it. it. When it's so kind of old and ingrained in, like history, like say Frankenstein is so well known. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I did like Frankenstein. That was a, a real life example of something I read and very much enjoyed. So, yeah. Uh, if you haven't read that, maybe that's I can, not been on the list. I yet. can recommend that for the book group. Maybe when it finally gets around to my choice again, in yeah. however many weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. aside from reading, um, in general life, yeah. What do you like to get up to when you're not working? Um. Yeah, I mean, as I said, like fitness used to take up quite a lot of time. And nowadays, um, just with different circumstances, like not as much. Um, I guess also like, you know, your, the classes, the exercise classes and the different like way, the pattern you'd run your life is quite different. So I definitely don't exercise as much anymore. Um, but we make more of a thing of, you know, going home to cook or um, I do a lot of baking just for at home. Um and that sort of thing of like taking more time in the evenings to like because there isn't such a rush on things um 
and we both get home from work like quite a bit earlier now which is nice um so yeah we do a lot more in the kitchen um equally over the last couple of months we've just moved into our house Mm. so there's a lot of just um like tweaking that and bits of DIY and just thinking about how we're gonna sort of like it is a funny feeling of knowing that you're going to be there for quite a long time really wanting to like make it our own but equally taking your time doing that um so that sort of weekends at the moment is just you're a gifted DIY person Mm, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a botch job, I have to be honest. <laughs> like, I really enjoy, I can really appreciate someone else's nice home and I think I'll yeah. go home and do that, but I will cut all the corners to do it in my house. <laughs> um, whereas Dan is, uh, my husband's very, like, prepare the surface. Like like with painting or something like that, it's all in the prep for him, whereas I'm just like, come on, we could just slap just, it on. Yeah. <laughs> and then and you can see that in our house, like the corners he's left me to do versus like the rooms that he might have done um but i think that's part of the fun of diy like it shows that we've like i i did that we didn't get a painter in to do that that was me putting my hours in yeah um yeah i have to say i'm a bit of a i cut corners (laughs) i don't blame i think i just want a mindset fast and kind of good enough is good enough for me yeah exactly good enough is good enough just don't look too close and um (laughs) yeah if it falls down put it back up again yeah yeah so we're trying out a new little segment on the bristol youth work podcast because i realized when i when i was a guest on an episode that i ended up taking about 20 minutes to tell my life story and i thought that's too much yeah so the challenge now is to try and do a two-minute test divide it by 10 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah see if you can um yeah Give us your, your testimony or like how you got to what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, in as close to two minutes as possible. Okay. Yeah, I like the two-minute challenge. Um Let me see. I've got the clock up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, it's, it's really fun to put your testimony into such a short space because it does make you think about what's important. And when I think about like how you phrased it, how I've got to where I am now, it really is from just having friends and um having church as my social space that has then helped me develop that into me not just sort of attending church and keeping faith just stay in the social bubble but actually for my own like I've picked up that faith myself like I own it and I think how I've so I used to live sort of over um in Suffolk and traveling then across to Bristol and again like picking up um sort of that church family and staying in church it has been that social bubble that's been around me and even now how I sort of jumped from different youth work settings and different jobs and even not jumping from different friendship groups but how my friendship groups like developed and the the friends that I've ended up around me as good friends it's all just come from sort of the people you know and the way that church family sort of interacts with each other and like they say like if you're in the church then you're only like two people away from knowing everyone in the whole of <laughs> Bristol aren't you yeah. <laughs> like, um yeah and so for me definitely going from being at church from the age of like zero all the way up has just been um yeah friends keeping me in that and equally now I think in in the different youth work jobs that I've had and staying in in this job now um it has been that support of um sort of a social bubble around me 
and I'm friends with now quite a lot of youth workers because that's the bubble that I've that's how I came to Bristol and that's the um, forum that we've sort of mixed in so then you're just continually inspired by others and you can you continually realize the value of youth work by what you're seeing in your friends and Mm. um so that's definitely helped like the motivation stay with I don't know I'm talking about a lot of different things here but a staying in youth work and remembering value of it but also the motivation to keep pursuing faith and I think never more than ever in this year have I felt faith be a thing I've had to work at Mm. And we talked about this in our church, which we're still doing online, about how it's when when church shut it, it last March, it sort of flipped from being a social thing you went to on a Sunday that helped you carry on walking in your faith mm. and nourishing you and feeding you to them being a lot more on yourself to, you know, there's so many resources out there to sort of feed yourself um, with your with your faith and so many things to read about and you know you could like click into any church nowadays but um that being a lot more on you to motivate yourself so switching from it being such a sociable thing to now actually being a lot more on me but again like that is that is friends staying around you and staying in touch and checking in yeah that's definitely um yeah it's been an interesting transition over the last year particularly within church to see that dynamic changing in people get used to it and kind of adjust mm. what that looks like um yeah know. yeah it definitely is a really strange one and I think about the so I went to um bible college when I came to Bristol and graduated in 2018 but I think about the people leaving you know that forum now or even people starting in church roles within this year I mean maybe there ha- it hasn't been a big year for appointing like new ministers or whatever but it's just mm. it is quite a funny thing because although we don't go to church just for the socializing there's so much more around it than that but it is it is a really big part of our like why we are a church family is because mm. we are there next to each other and yet we've had a whole year of distance and um I think church has adapted really well to it I feel my what I've experienced of different churches has adapted well but um yeah when we finally get to be together as a church again (laughs) because I know different churches have sort of throughout the year managed to find those gaps in the year where they've come back together whereas as as our church we've just stayed online the whole year Mm. um so we are really ready to get back in the the hall again what was your time like at bible college what was that experience like for you it was really interesting because so I went to bible college along with um, a lot of adult learners so I was the 18 year old that went along with a lot of sort of people in their 30s 40s 50s so not not old people by any stretch <laughs> no. but as an 18 year old seeing other friends go off to other universities it was totally different yeah and I think um yeah immediately then being around people who are much older than you you do just kind of try and grow up as quickly as possible um but I think you know reflecting back on that I really really then value having because because I was so dead set in knowing what I wanted to do in youth work and church youth work and making sure that I wasn't just getting a youth degree but it was sort of grounded in a lot of church ministry work so Mm. so training alongside ministers who had a very um had their vision set on 
the exact workspace they were going out into. And likewise with me, I was really, I mean, I went to uni totally believing that I would come out as a full-blown church minister as well. <laughs> it was just one of those things where I just thought it would happen. Mm. Um, yeah, God definitely had different plans. <laughs> but um, yeah, Bible college was amazing. And I think I really, really enjoyed doing it alongside some older friends. Yeah. Um, but it was a very different experience to... I mean, even doing something like swim, like you're then alongside a lot more, like, 28 people aged 20s. Yeah. Um, so then with that, I just sort of made sure that I was in those social bubbles with, like, the different forums. And, um, yeah, you just sort of mix with different people in Bristol yeah. by how you meet up with them. But, yeah, college was very kind of... It was very minister-focused, and then we were the... We were the nice youth workers on the side. <laughs> Coming into college, you already knew you wanted to do youth work? Yeah, I mean, I. it's a bit of a funny one because... So, at my at my church that I grew up in, um, an amazing Baptist church, but um, one that um, wouldn't necessarily have put me forward as a woman to go into leadership. So, even though it was not necessarily... Um, actively spoken out against it was not encouraged whereas to step into youth work was quite a natural step and I was really young like when I first started thinking about it I was 16 17 so I was only just out of any sort of youth work they were providing yeah um but having that feeling of knowing I wanted to work in a church environment so yeah youth work felt like the natural step but like I said when I went into college and I was learning theology and seeing other ministers put that into their vision of church I really really was excited for church as a whole not just youth work but that you know that is quite the bubble that I was in with college because then graduating and stepping out of that bubble of not just being around ministers but being around the different placements that I was in the different jobs that I took Mm. I then did become a lot more um, student and young people focused and obviously now I'm not leading a church and that is totally the right thing for me. It's just um, like, thank goodness, God's in charge of the direction <laughs> of my life and not me yeah. in, um, in like how we understand that. But um, yeah, how it's sort of changed and developed. I think I, I knew I wanted to be a youth worker. I mean, at the time it looked like a really fun job. So who wouldn't <laughs> have wanted to step into that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just sort of developed over time yeah and then how did you come about working with urban pursuit where you are currently um so i did it did a couple of jobs following uh my graduation and um quite like a few different jobs on the spectrum of different schools works and detached work and the youth club based um youth work and then went off traveling for a little while and kind of knew that I wanted to come back into one job, one workspace that that held me within that environment. So I wasn't just doing something here, something there, something there. Um, equally, um, I was really keen to um, sort of work quite a standard job, but something mm. that still fitted in with youth work and um, that environment. And Urban Pursuit is it combines that schools work and youth work so it's not um it's not in the school environment it's definitely still out of that but it has those the 
the positive side of school, which is the boundaries of how you work with young, you know, what the setting mm. is. Um, I mean, I just actually going forward for the job, I sort of fell into it a little bit by hearing about it through friends and seeing there was a job going and hedged my bets, to be honest, because they weren't taking on people below 25. I think I was 22 when I went for that job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just basically asked them to take a bit of a risk with me. And <laughs> I mean, I'm turning 25 in the summer and they haven't um, kicked me out yet. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just a very different youth work environment. Um, really, really feel all for it and yeah. um, everything that they stand for or everything that the work environment that they're trying to create, I totally feel the same passion for mm. um and hopefully we can see more of these types of um you know alternative support systems start up more around uh, even bristol and this city but then in other cities as well because nationwide there's not they're few and far between definitely mm. what do you think it offers that other means of youth work doesn't yeah i think it. And that's it. It can it can really fit in nicely between the school providing like a really great. I'm not here to knock the schools at all because I think with the resources, the time, and the staffing, I do think that the school system does do um, a really great work. But naturally, so many students mm. can't fit in with um, the support they're given, which is why we are offering that alternative support outside of a school environment. So the school is working well and likewise the alternative youth work support you can get in the weekends and evenings by the different clubs you can join yeah. is a very sociable and supportive setting that is totally away from you know your school life if you're not getting on well there or, or more community based if your school's not in that so I think those two do really fill those gaps but I think by us being um employed by the school to work directly with that young person in a small group it helps to provide them with another um sort of trusting adult relationship that's not their teacher mm. but not quite the sort of um befriending of a youth worker or a mentor um still there to be a leader within a group but actually mm. to just represent that different sort of relationship with them and um I mean, the environment is just totally different with um, at school and with youth work because we're in those smaller groups. We It is taking risks. It is pushing them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And hopefully, I believe that the setting fully supports that. So there's so many first times for all of them, um, that risky adventure that other places, for so many reasons, like for, for money and for insurance and for all those different places... Um, it just can't be it can't be an every week thing whereas with us sure. we're totally set up for that mm. every day of the week yeah um so yeah hopefully that answers it yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so what would you say has been your best youth work experience yeah i mean when i when i thought about this question my mind automatically went to the greatest achievement or like the the moment that I'd be proudest about and mm. um sort of the thing you want everyone to hear but I couldn't really put uh, a moment into the answer and I think it's because so in in the youth work setting that I'm in at the moment at Urban Pursuit it's so many small things that build up to you feeling um 
it's sort of like that you've achieved something you know working with students over maybe a couple of terms um and it is just that seeing them grow in those small moments that build up to then them reflecting at the end of their time with us such a great journey that they've had with us yeah and um you know me taking that for granted because i'm in work every day because i'm going for that like mountain bike trail every week knowing it like the back of my hand yeah um but the novelty for them of achieving that and maybe getting on that bike for just the second time ever and seeing the achievement the achievement in their eyes um i mean equally a lot of our students um what what we'll learn about them is that they just can't um register praise they just can't take it on board Mm. and as someone who really thrives on people singing my praises or you know equally just not criticizing me um I really respond well to that which means I give it out a lot but it's that different way of delivering it to them and helping them adjust hearing uh, helping them yeah adjust to hearing good things about them and us mm. really meaning it um so those moments are really nice but I mean the one thing that stays with me um always in this job because they you do have days where you just feel like you've got nowhere with that student and they are just um really really frustrated with you and Mm. you know they're never going to be friends with you again and they're not getting out of the van (laughs) or they won't wear that helmet or whatever it is it's like a rubbish rubbish day yeah um yeah I always remember when a student turned around to me just been with us for three weeks and he was so grateful to come along and he'd learned to ride a bike with us yeah. and um, done so many sort of standard things again which I've done a hundred times over like I don't know um, orienteering which he found fascinating he loved it and you know socializing this group and he turned around to us at the end of the week and and just said I'm just going to remember this day for a long time and you could see it in his eyes he was yeah. so grateful to have that experience which is totally out of the ordinary of most of our days of our lives um and yeah just recognizing that actually just because it's the same the same for me it is it is a novelty of offering something different for them mm. pushing them out of their comfort zone um building their resilience um so and that's quite a unique thing that we offer at Evan Basu because it is different from um other youth work experience where you're maybe a little bit more alongside them this is um so is really leading them into um pushing them out of their comfort zone and us displaying that as well I mean yeah yeah I've had to get over quite a lot of fears <laughs> being there yeah yeah nice and then on the other hand what have been your worst youth work experience um I mean as I said there's definitely been um some down days at um seat where you just feel like I just did not do that that day justice or I just wasn't my best self in Mm. delivering that um but I don't think I don't ever weigh too heavy on those days because I think often it's it's not what um the young people will remember and um it's not it's not great to hold yourself in that negative space like I as I said earlier I'm a person who thrives off positivity and that's what I'll learn from um but in thinking about exactly what would be my worst youth work experience probably most embarrassing covers it better right um <laughs> thinking back a couple of years when so every summer we do hill house summer camp which probably a lot of people know about or have been to themselves mm-hmm. 
And I've always, always been a tent leader, which means I get these eight girls for the week and um, supposedly I'm supposed to lead them through the week and be slightly responsible in getting them to different places on time. But you build up such a like bond with these eight girls and um, we were quite a competitive group this year. And it was actually the year that my mother-in-law was also leading a tent and it was her first time back at camp in like so many years. Mm. And we were sort of competitive between each other. And it gets to the day where um, it was inflatable day. So they had like the bounce castle and they had um, like a bucking bronco and different things dotted around all for the young people to play on. And we're going around in our different um, groups having a go on all of these. And I sort of come up alongside Sarah and her tent. And all the girls raced on this um, inflatable like... Uh, sort of go up a ladder and then down a slide be on these bench cords and different things yeah. like that you can picture it and Sarah challenged me to to race and we were like the finals in our group and our girls were getting so competitive <laughs> with us so I was like bring it on like, I'm not holding back on this at all like there's no favour here um, so we're racing up this ladder together and one of us is slipping down then dragging the other one down and we're both sort of like absolutely fighting to get to the top of this slide in time <laughs> but little did I realise that with the crowd like gathering around the bottom of all these young people loving the fact that two tent leaders are just going at it mm. um, my my dress had started to ride up so I've got like tights on and just like clambering all over this inflatable I'm none the wiser that everyone can see my underwear <laughs> still absolutely adamant that I'd win this race so I'm like kicking Sarah back down the ladder like trying to get back up and it gets to a point where um, I fell off the ladder and actually landed on Sarah. And she's like holding her chest and um, sort of rolling around. And I was like, she's just pulling my leg. Like, she's just wanting me to climb back down the ladder, see if she's okay. And then she's just going to run to the top, win the race. Yeah. And she's got me. I was like, I'm not falling with that. I'll go up, go down the side, and then I'll check she's fine. Anyway, <laughs> the more and more I'm climbing up this ladder, people are just gathering around Sarah. They're, like, trying to make sure she was okay, carry her off it. I won the race, and I was right down at the bottom, ready for everyone to cheer at me before them telling me that I'd broken two of Sarah's ribs in knee dropping her halfway through this race and the girls in our tent were just like that is so embarrassing Mac. like just so and I was just on this wave of feeling like amazing and it was just the whole thing was a bit of a disaster oh, I still like cringe inside when I think of it um, and yeah. the worst bit was so um I remember like Matt Doherty and Ben Doherty were at the bottom of the slide with our tent and their boys' tent as well. And they just had to tell all the kids to turn around because I was flashing my underwear so much. Just none the wiser. And, oh, yeah, so it's a real double whammy. Of... Oh, yeah, everything. Oh. So bad. That's my most embarrassing, definitely. And I hope it never gets worse than that. Yeah, that would be a, a quite impressive to top. It's <laughs> yeah. a good story to have. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. That's how um, me and my mother-in-law really sort of bonded. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. brilliant. I like that a lot. Okay, well, I guess to switch up, switch up tact a bit. Um, what do you see has been the future of youth work? Um, I think, I think youth work could look very different in the future, especially at the moment. We're potentially coming into another time where 
classically as a nation, we're going to have a lot of money issues to deal with, a lot of debt. Mm. And straight away, that means our youth work pot does just get sucked up. And that might not be happening, but pessimistically, it also might be the first thing that starts to really dry up again. And we've just come out of that season of youth work, of having all of our money go to then start, you know, bits to trickle back in. And, you know, before the pandemic, it was starting to get better funding. And hopefully it stays that way because also another side of having this last year happen to us is just realising sort of the ongoing mental health crisis that will just keep um, trickling into the younger younger teens and the support that they will need um, definitely. Mm. So I think youth work will need to adapt to those two things, to becoming a lot more... Um, you know, having to get to grips with exactly um, the mental health crisis we're going through, and that means every generation clocking onto the fact that it's a major issue mm. is happening to now, you know, every age group. Um, and the way that we're going to support young people in that so that it's not an ongoing issue all the way into adulthood, yeah. um, but potentially having to tackle that issue on a lot less of a... Um, professional basis and not having to depend totally on these um funded schemes but actually um you know drawing on the fact that there are small things that us as everyday um you know youth workers and people that draw alongside young people there's a lot of things we can do to help um our mental health um flourish positively Mm. um because i think equally aside from just young people us as a whole like nation like you take the uk we're starting to understand the language of mental health a lot more now and um it is filtering out up through the generations who used to potentially not totally understand what we were talking about now it's become much more of an everyday thing Mm. so i think the benefit of that is that more people will be able to do quite a day-to-day support or yeah an everyday support for young people who are really suffering um but that doesn't take away from the fact that I totally understand it is a it's a very professional and educated um that category we're talking about with mental health but I do think that so in in urban pursuit um we talk a lot about student well-being and um how they are supported through not just the social aspect but equally the sort of mental health aspect of just coming along to urban pursuit an outdoor environment that challenges them in a different way Mm. and supports them in quite a different way um you know as leaders we can be quite challenging with them and you know there's definitely a soft approach and a harder approach but just offering that that different support system which we really feel does help to just support um it doesn't fully deal with the mental health issues but it supports an environment that means that you whatever you bring with you this session can adapt to you and we are here for you in that in that way Mm. um i mean hopefully we see schools more and more just adapt to um student well-being in that way and you know them understanding more that it cannot be a hard and fast rule for a whole classroom full of 30 people but actually um, they'll all be di- on different um, wavelengths with where they are with their mental health and what they're going through. 
Um, so mm. I hope that it does it does start to youth work as a as a really big category, like with all those things we've talked about. It does start to really um, keep going with the language of understanding mental health and how it fits into the everyday and the smaller things we can do to support young people whilst also really hoping that a lot of the professionally funded schemes and systems do just stay running. Um, And I think part of that is um, just keeping up with a lot of the like incarnational youth work that we are doing or that I see happening throughout throughout Bristol as a city and in churches and just in um, the sort of state youth work settings. Mm. Um, just that, like, totally being there and being fully involved as yourself and not having this authority barrier between um, young person leader, but actually just travelling alongside it. And I think that is what is quite amazing with the the sort of mental health wave that we're riding at the moment is Mm. that it doesn't distinguish between whether you're... It's not a younger person's issue. It doesn't distinguish your age. Mm. So actually, in in meeting a young person where they're at um, with their mental health can be a really raw um, and honest conversation between yourself and them. Mm. And um, I think that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bex, thank you so much again for being here. You did a great job. Um, thank sounds you. Sounds like you're doing some cool work. Um, <laughs> before we go, is there anything particularly you'd like to plug or any resources, anything maybe around mental health stuff that you found helpful that you'd like to share? Um, I wish I said I had a book coming out soon or, you know, <laughs> listen to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing quite as professional as that. Um, I mean, I think... What what is amazing is that there are now so many things out there for young people to connect with that they or, or different um, provisions that are providing different um, support systems um, that not necessarily young people would connect with, but people who are um, responsible for young people or have some sort of connection with their lives. And like with Urban Pursuit, before I came to work here, I didn't fully acknowledge that this was a this was something that a young person could access that bridged that gap between school and youth work. Mm. And there's so many other different things out there that aren't just your standard settings that we know about, but they actually fill those gaps and holes. So I think if if you feel like a young person could be supported by one sort of quite niche way, there's so many things that I've come across that are actually out there without um, fully understanding it. So definitely go out and have a look at the ways you can be supported. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a recommendation for any particular place. <laughs> that's just generic advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's not a problem at all. And I'll, um, I'll share the Urban Pursuit website in the yeah. description so that people I mean, can find out more. I'm in charge of the Instagram, so, yeah, okay. you know, have a little look on there. Tell me that I've made a spelling mistake. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the Instagram handle? Um... It would be at Urban Pursuit. Simple. I think there might be an <laughs> underscore in there. We'll try and tag it at some point. Yeah. 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 That gives a good picture of just a general day to day, like what we get up to. Mm. Um, and yeah, just some really great pictures of um, just students being wild, which is what we love. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Great. Brilliant. Bex, thank you so much. 
Thank you.